I still remember where I was. I was on the like the ACE line and the New York subway system, which if you live in New York, you know how gross that subway line is. I mean, it, it, it smelled like urine. And I was just sitting there in this gross subway car. And it just dawned on me that it was like, it was never about acting specifically. It was about going after a goal. And could I be a facilitator for that? Could I be someone that people could talk to, listen to, speak with that could help them on their, on their journey and kind of do that butterfly effect, you know, in a way. And that just really ignited that passion in me that I hadn't felt in a really long time. Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations, your joys and creative spurs, your femininity, your success, all in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. Alrighty, let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Girl Skill Podcast. And uh, as usual, I'm your host, Anna. And today I bring you an amazing conversation with Brittany Hoops about life, acting, New York subway and urine. Well, not really about that, but you'll see. It's an amazing episode. (laughs) And in advance, I apologize for any background noise or anything. Uh, I got myself into a really crazy story. Um, So I'm in Grand Canary already. And those of you who are following and listening to my episodes, you know that uh, a couple of days ago, uh, I have left Australia and we arrived in Las Palmas, Grand Canary, uh, Spain. I've never been here before. And supposedly it's, um, you know, one of the most... One of the fastest growing places for digital nomads. And so we arrived a couple of days ago, massively jet lagged. I'm still like sleepy. But anyways, like it's all good. Um, The the thing is that I'm right now in a co-working space recording uh, these intros. And this is where I will be recording my podcast. So that's a bit stressful. And the only reason that happened is, you know, my plan was to, uh, well, I don't know why I even planned that because like you can't really plan that before you arrive. But anyways, we hope we uh, rented an Airbnb uh, right by the beach. It's great. I mean, it's okay. Um, But, you know, it's it's decent. And uh, I thought, oh, you know, I'm just going to record this podcast and intros in in our apartment. And so it seems like uh, there's a Spanish woman. We have a neighbor who loves to go into the window. So, you know, she's below us. And I don't even know how to explain it. But it's one of these like Spanish houses where it's like a corridor, an inside corridor, outside area. She goes outside, she smokes a cigarette, the Spanish lady, and then she curses and like yells at people on the phone. And she's been doing that, you know, um, during the time when we go to bed or actually in the mornings where I plan to record my thing. So I got really pissed off. I got really stressed. And then I walked into a co-working space on my first day. And uh, luckily there is a meeting room with some soundproof and sometimes there is constructions. And I'm like, oh my God. So anyways, I apologize if there's any noise. Um, in the episodes, in the future recordings, all of that. But, you know, I'm a podcaster, a location-dependent podcaster. Gosh, uh, you know, can't wait for this to be fixed. But anyways, um, real quick, I just posted today on uh, Facebook that my day two in Grand Canary is kind of shit, not only because of the podcast and everything, but it's freezing here. Well, I mean, I'm a bit spoiled. And these are like first world problems. Like I fully understand and realize this is an unnecessary rant, uh, but I'm just having one of those days, you know, and then I 
don't want to pretend anymore that, you know, this lifestyle is like, oh my God, so amazing. No, it's not freaking amazing. I hate it here on day two. Uh, you know, it's freezing everywhere in the apartment outside. The weather is shit. Um, Las Palmas is amazing. Uh, but like, there's a lot of older people here. Like people come here to retire And I'm like, wait a second, why am I here? You know, the no disregard or disrespect to locals. And, you know, it's an amazing place to be. But like the buildings are gray. And I'm like, what's going on? And, you know, I came from Australia. It was like Bondi Beach, whatever. Anyways, I'm having one of those days and I'm sure it's going to be fine. And, you know, I met with like digital nomads here uh, already. And they're great. And the people are great. And the beach is amazing. So, yeah, just one of those days. And before I tell you about today's guest, I quickly want to announce something really cool and really important. I'm going to do an online live workshop slash a training session uh, in preparation for the upcoming program that I'm doing. For everybody listening, you probably know, but those who don't know, I'm doing my first beta group program. But I thought, um, you know, I thought I'd share, I come live and share with you a couple of things that I've learned so far so you get a gist and a sense of what is the program going to be about but not only that but if you're interested in learning about femininity you know the concepts of polarity what it means to be a woman and most importantly how to connect to your femininity with some practical steps uh, you can go to girlskill.com slash webinar and sign up for this online live training that I'm going to do on Tuesday March 13th it's going to uh, run on at actually 3 and 9 p.m. GMT which is uh, I think 8 a.m. and uh, 1 p.m. PST in Los Angeles so If you're, if you're called, uh, you know, to learn from Anna Rova and everything I've been learning so far from women, um, you know, along my own journey, being in the personal growth space from my previous podcast, please come. I will, I will be actually cover three main points. Uh, I'll talk about what femininity really is and how to use it to your own advantage so you can live, you know, a much happier life as a woman. So understanding what it is, where it comes from, what are the models we learned. Um, the second thing that you're going to learn and I'm going to teach is the concept of polarity and the differences between men and women, which are many like biological, emotional, hormonal, energetic. So you understand this dynamic and actually, you know, live uh, your relationships will be greatly improved, not only with men, but like with the world and with yourself itself. Uh, with yourself itself it didn't make any sense but anyways and also I'm going to share some very very practical things that I've done um, on how to connect to your femininity because a lot of the you know you can understand the concept but what it is that you can do today to actually take your life as a woman to the next level to connect to yourself better and just to feel joy clarity and peace so I'm going to be sharing all of that I'm preparing the training right now it's going to be awesome so go to girlskill.com um, slash webinar And again, the training is on Tuesday, uh, March 13th. There's going to be two different time zones. Uh, it's going to be very simple. I'm going to be on Zoom. So all the links, everything will be sent to you and, and reminders. So if you're called to this, please join me uh, so we can have a really cool conversation. It's going to be live. There's not going to be a replay. Um, and where I'm going to teach you everything I know, kind of, and, and then not kind of, but teach you what I know about femininity, polarity, and how to connect to it. And then also tell you a little bit about the program. Uh, but even if, you know, you don't want to join or whatever you can just learn and, and apply all these tools and um, I hope to see you there all right now to the episode real quick um, it's with Brittany Hoops Brittany has her own podcast called Salty Ply she's such an amazing girl like I love her like oh she's amazing um, ever since she was three um 
she dreamed of being an actress and it was her only dream and amazingly she got support from her parents friends and community she went to NYU to study acting and had realized actually her dream she started casting and playing in different you know things and and do it like she was quite successful and then the interesting thing what she shares with us and, and what kind of you know started on her journey is that uh, something was not right and she she actually realized like the, the acting was not for her and she had a moment of clarity it was actually that's why I mentioned the urine and the subway in the beginning because it was a new in in the New York City subway um, with the smell of urine around where she realized a moment came to her that she actually is not passionate about acting but about goal setting and going for your goals and it's really an amazing transformation and she has actually went from being a full-time actress and like full on into it into being a uh, wait for it a qualitative researcher uh, and now she has this podcast called Saltiply which is amazing she interviews I've actually been on her podcast and uh, my interview with her has been released a couple of days ago so please please check it out on Saltiply um She's just released it. We had an amazing conversation actually about goal setting and femininity and all that. So that if you listen to that interview, it's going to help you to uh, figure out actually why you should join the program that I'm doing, Redefining Your Own Success. Uh, but anyways, go, going back to her, she's incredible. And since then, since that moment of clarity, she's really on a mission to help people rediscover their own goals and how to start over. And she's just giving some very practical tips. Um, oh my God, it's so funny. I'm recording this and like there's construction going on and a guy in like a helmet and a, you know, this like fluorescent shirt and like looking at me, I'm on a mic. Oh my God, it's hilarious. I can't believe it. I'm freaking Grand Canary and like doing this oh goodness um anyway sorry for that <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing where I am I'm like so freaking jet lagged oh my god I'm like sick I'm like you know I was in Australia which was like 16 hours behind the US or something like that and now I'm back in Europe oh my god we had a flight like more than 40 hours flight so that's why I'm freaking lost in time so apologies for, you know, my head not being clear because I'm like totally lost with my life. Uh, but no, I got it all together. It's all good. So yeah, an amazing interview. Um, you know, make sure to give it a listen. It's great. And stay until the end because Brittany is also going to share with us three apps to help you make your uh, daily healthy decisions for you and your mind and body. Uh, two podcasts to listen to to inspire and make you laugh and three books to help you be vulnerable and strong as you start your next phase of your life. All right. Enjoy this episode and I'll see you at the end. Bye. Girl skill. Female success. Redefined. So, Brittany Hoops, welcome to Girl Skill Podcast. Hello, Anna. How are you? Thank you for uh, having me. I'm good. Thanks for, for coming by. And I just <laughs> love your energy and how, you know, you're just bubbly and super positive. And I love what you're doing with Saltiply and research. And like, you have an amazing story. So, uh, <laughs> and you're here today to actually tell us about your story, how you transitioned from acting to the nine to five, which is very, which is like complete opposite of what people want to do. I know. I know. It was a, it was a weird, it's funny looking back on it, that it's like, really, I took kind of like the reverse, you know, uh, um, path than a lot of people. But, um, I mean, really kind of my story honestly starts at the very beginning. Right. I wanted Brittany, to be an actress. We're not, we're not at the story yet. Oh, we're get there. <laughs> 
<laughs> She's like, all right, let me tell you a story. So we're going to get into a story. First, we're going to get through the question. I'm just so gung-ho about telling you about it that I just am going to jump hold the gun. On, hold on for a bit. Uh, we're going to get there. I was just going to say, you know, an amazing story. And I feel like, and now, you know, you have this amazing podcast. You're asking people and really researching goal setting and like living your version of success, pretty much what I do, but it's specifically focused for women. So super excited. But first, let's get into this kind of blitz questions I have okay. uh, for women on the show. And with you, I'm trying something different. So I have 10 questions for you that I haven't asked any women on the show No, yet. not fair. I what prepared. Take it. You're not, you, have, you have been an actress. I'm sure you have great improv. Throwing curveballs at me left and right here, Anna. Sure, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Throw them at me. I'll I'll be prepared. Okay, let's do it. Uh, So, Brittany, tell me about your best date ever. My best date ever. Well, I have to say it, it was it, it was a date, but it was a week long event actually, and it was when I got engaged because my sweet old husband that I love so much he he knows my two favorite things, and my two favorite things are surprises and vacations. And he combined both into a surprise vacation uh, for our engagement. I mean, he even talked, I, I was working full time. He talked to my boss and got me time off work that I wasn't even aware of. He basically said, Hey, guess what? Pack your bags. You're not going to work for the next week. We're going to San Diego oh. and had surprises planned each day. I got a massage one day. We went to the theater the next day. I mean, all these things. And of course, the last night was the actual engagement. So that, I mean, that holistically, you could never really have a better date than that. I kind of lump it into one magical, not even in this world weekend. And oh my God, it was my favorite. Oh my God. All women are like, oh my God, that's, that is like the best ever, which of course, after doing all of that, I well, I know you said yes because you just recently married. So <laughs> I said yes. Yeah, spoiler alert. Said yes. Uh, and oh, I mean, we, we've been together coming up on eight years. So it was, we knew we wanted to get married long before any sort of engagement even happened. So it was just icing on the cake. It was beautiful. Oh, love it. Awesome. And now, Brittany, tell me about the worst date ever. Worst date ever. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> She's this is got funny. it. She's got it. Oh, I have it. I have it. Oh, I have it. This is funny. I, okay, so I'll try to tell you the condensed version. So I went out with this guy and he wanted to meet, you know, like I said, I was an actress before. He wanted to meet at a theater to see a show. So wasn't even going to come pick me up. I'm like, okay, we'll meet there. I, that should have been my first sign looking back on it. We met there at the theater. Guess who I see across the lobby at the theater? My now husband. Okay. He's there with a group of his friends. Now, I know this is kind of bad of me, but I kind of had a crush on him at the time. But like, he just felt so out of my league that I was like, eh, nah. but this other guy asked me on a date. So I was like, oh, I'll give him a try, you know, whatever. And so I'm like, oh no, this guy that I actually really like over there is going to see me on a date with this other guy that I don't really like. And now I'm never going to have a chance with him. And blah, blah, blah. So I'm oh like God. trying to keep them apart ends up our seats are right next to each other. And I'm not even kidding. I have current husband that I wasn't on a date with on my right. And boy that, oh my God, I can't even remember his name. Such an awful date on my left. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, I wish I was on this date, but I'm actually on this date. And it was just so bad. And it got to the point where like, he just wasn't even talking to me. The guy I was actually on a date on. And it was just so awful. And the whole time I was like, I wish I was a date with this guy. 
ends up it worked out. But, but hey, like, isn't that worked awful? Out. Yeah, you said yes, and then he took you to a week long <laughs> every day. So there, there was some there was some stuff in the middle there, but yeah, essentially. Yeah, but like <laughs> eight years or seven to eight years. <laughs> Only eight years. I don't think we have time to get into that though. Yeah, no, yeah, we don't. At this <laughs> on this episode, no. All right, awesome. Thanks for sharing these stories. I think I'll be using that story because that's a, that's a good one. I like it. All right, Brittany. Uh, who did you want to be uh, when you were a little girl? Oh, I mean, this is part of my story, right? I wanted to be an actress uh, all growing up. Oh, all growing up. I mean, it was my dream from age three. Do you know why? (sighs) You know, I I think my first memory of it, which is so random, is my mom used to watch a lot of country music videos all while I was growing up. I mean, country CMA, like country music, like music videos were on the TV constantly. And so I would look up at the screen and I was like, oh, I want to be on there. Like I wanted to be in that screen. And that was like my first memory. But I think, I think a lot of it too is that I like the attention. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I like the attention when I was growing up. I was good at it. I, I was emotional. I could speak loudly. And when you're, when you're a young actress, it's just like, oh, if we can hear you on stage, then you're doing a good job. <laughs> like that's essentially how it's measured when you're young. And I, I'm incredibly emotional and I'm able to share that with, with people. And I'm not afraid to expose myself on stage. And I think that's all the reason why I want to be an actress. But oh, mm. that was the dream from age three to 24 to 26 years old. Love yeah. it. Love it. And then we're definitely yeah. going to talk about it. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what is your uh, astrological sign and how are you using it in your daily life? Okay. Well, I can tell you, oh, I'm, I'm so bad compared to the other people on your podcast. And I don't, I don't no, know why you invited me on because I'm not, I'm a Sagittarius. I think that's how you say it. I don't know what that means. I, I read one thing that says that means sporty. And I was like, nope, not me. Done. And I haven't looked at another horoscope since. So maybe maybe you can bring somebody on and, and have them teach me or something. No, but that's the point. I was like, oh, I wonder how would women answer these questions? You know, because a lot like I, okay, I ordered my astrological sign, um, like a map, whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I, I'm not really into this. And a girlfriend is sending me a bunch of different astrological things and like I'm like, no, I'm not. So you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. I think most <laughs> okay. of you like, I, I'm in that camp, but not to say that I won't ever. I mean, if I get into it and somebody explains it and it starts seeming like it applies, then sure, sign me up. I'll be good. There you go. All right. What is your favorite meal to prepare? Meal to prepare? Um... I mean, here's the thing. I'm trying, I'm kind of on, uh, uh, without getting into too many details, I'm on a kind of very strict diet right now, kind of for health reasons. Um, and so it's been a learning curve because I used to love to cook. And now it's been a learning curve when you can only eat like five things. What can you cook? <laughs> so, I mean, I think in terms of what I like to prepare is my husband really likes peanut butter pie. And so the Super Bowl was a couple what was that? Was it last weekend or two weekends ago or so? And his, his team, the Eagles was in the, the, you know, the Super Bowl. And so I made him that pie. And I I guess at the point now cooking's kind of like, if I can bring joy to other people through it, then I enjoy it. Otherwise I kind of have a learning curve to try to figure out what you can make when you can't Mm -hmm. eat sugar and dairy and blah, blah, blah. What's the diet you're on? It's an anti-candida diet. So, um, candida is kind of like a yeast overgrowth and it can lead to a lot of fatigue, a lot of irritation, a lot of, just a lot of really crazy side effects. And it took me, um, 
I've had this for a while. And so it's, it's, uh, I kind of went through a bout of it a couple years ago and now it's back. And I know that it's completely diet related. So I know as soon as I cut out a lot of gluten and sugar mm-hmm. and pork and anything that has high sugar content, I'm good. And it's just kind of learning how to eat, you know, yeah, in alignment been- with that. I've been struggling with uh, adult acne for the longest time. And I feel like that kind of like I'm still in and out. Um, In fact, oh gosh, why am I saying this on the podcast? But whatever. Uh, In fact, I was throwing up last night because of something. And it was was terrible. Like I'm so sensitive, but I'm here (sighs) with the in-laws. And my mother-in-law is such an amazing woman. And her cooking is like, oh my goodness. If you go to Eastern Europe, uh, yeah. to like a house where the mom is like she prepares the most delicious de- meals uh-huh. however there's a lot of there's just a lot of things meat yeah breads and like what i was like oh my god next week i'm going to spain so yay oh <laughs> <laughs> i again but i love the food but so you, i i feel like a lot of women know like when you go into a mother's home which the in-laws like get ready um, oh yeah oh and that's so hard because i love food and i love mm-hmm. i love the joy that it can bring and i'm trying to learn that again but right now i'm viewing food more as medicine and recognizing that you know what until i find what i really like that i can eat um view it as medicine and it's something that's necessary you know so. yeah it's a journey for sure all right next question what is your favorite beauty trick Ooh, beauty trick. Oh, I'm trying to think. My favorite beauty trick. I don't feel like I have any beauty tricks. I've always been a makeup girl. I just have. I love I love wearing makeup. It, oh, perfect example. It's like my feminine side. I love exploring and 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 using it as a creative outlet. You know, not that I go wild with my makeup, but I just I, I really in, enjoy it. Um, and so I think I think just finding that right combination of your favorite products in terms of any trick. I mean, I've gone through a lot of trial and error and just finding what really makes me feel really good and has good coverage and beautiful for my skin tone and beautiful for this. Uh, Ultimately, how it makes you feel and what you're wearing is is really nice. Uh, Mm. I think that's my biggest trip. You know, it's almost a mindset sort of thing, even with your makeup, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm thinking, you know, I need to have on a podcast a woman who is a professional uh, who I can talk because, oh my God, I myself have been struggling forever to find that right balance. So we're so uneducated in these things, you know, but like you yeah. know how to apply makeup and, and, then, and then texture and everything because it can do magic uh, if you apply it at the right um, you know, amount and tones and oh, it's exactly science. You know? <laughs> I know it really is. Oh my gosh. To be thinking about all the years that I've been testing and finessing, you know, the, the routine that works for me. Oh, yeah. the money. Don't even uh, think, Oh, yeah. let's not think about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, another trick. What is your fashion trick? My fashion trick. Oh, I have something. I have really gotten big into the capsule wardrobe. Have you caught on to that trend, Anna? Yeah, actually, the uh, what's going to Alexandra Jimenez in episode four. She's a travel fashion girl, and she actually teaches oh. you how to travel in style. And like her whole thing is is about capsule the wardrobe. Capsule. I but love tell that. Tell us about this a bit. Well, I me, I'm very type A, okay, to a fault, uh, borderline OCD, and it's like I like to wear things in order in my closet and never 
everything's meticulously organized and this and that. And it got to the point, and I know this sounds so silly, but it got to the point that I was wearing things and the way that they were organized in my closet, even if I didn't like them, even if I didn't like how they looked on me or, or, or anything. And I was like, Brittany, this is ridiculous. You need to not have a closet that's full of things that you don't enjoy wearing. I want to make sure that even if I went blindfold and I pick something that I would look good wearing it. And I feel like a capsule wardrobe really was that for me. So all my pieces, I've really whittled down my wardrobe to just a few core essential pieces, but they all go together and I can place different earrings with them that are different scarves or different things to just, you know, liven it up a little bit. And I love it. It, It's that decision fatigue, you know, that we sometimes get when we have to make too many choices. Uh, that is completely eliminated now. And it is it is such a joy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Actually, Sandra Jimenez talked about something else, like how to pack lightly and everything. That's what I thought you oh, that's were nice. talking about. A capsule wardrobe. That's true. So uh, essentially, it's like minimalism in your clothes. And exactly. It's like a few different pants that you really love all of them. It's just picking those core essential pieces. And then, you know, a few different shirts. Uh, I love, I'm a jewelry person, especially when it pertains to earrings. So I have a bunch of different fun earrings that I like to wear. Uh, I have a scarf. A, a ball cap that I throw in there and just there's endless combinations that you can make with all these pieces and there's a few Instagrammers that I like to follow that you know yeah, that kind of show you I different like, ideas you know fashion is also something we're so uneducated about and finding our own style and everything so I'm going to do a couple yeah. of episodes on that for sure oh, all right sure. Brittany uh what keeps you up at night what keeps me up at night? Oh, sometimes. I mean, this is sometimes, oh, my worst thing about when I can't fall asleep is when I have too many ideas. It's actually, it's a, it's a good problem to have. Um, there's so many times I'll be tossing and turning in bed just because I'm thinking of, oh, new episode ideas or, oh, wouldn't that be cool to talk about this? Or, oh, I can't wait until I reach, you know, this many listeners on the Soul Supply show until I do this, you know, and just coming and dreaming. Um, not dreaming in the sense of falling asleep and having dreams, but you know what I mean? Dreaming about the future and what it holds and especially for Soul Supply. And there have been too many times I've learned now that when I get like that, you just got to get up, you got to get your computer, get it all out in your, you know, of your head. Or if I really have to go to sleep, I'll say, hey, Brittany, trust in the process that anything that you're coming up with, if it is, you know, God's gift to this earth, that <laughs> that you will remember it in the morning, okay? Go to sleep, you know? And I, I trust that if this really was such a bolt of inspiration for me, I'll remember it in the morning if it was really meant to be. If not, it was just, you know, me kind of toying around in my yeah, head. Yeah, I, I feel you. I'm the same way. Like, in fact, if something happens, and I know so many women are there, it's like, oh my God, oh my God. when you're buzzing before you go to sleep, that's the worst thing to be like, we just need to get it out there. But I love how you said, you know, trust the process. That's that's what I also do, like ask the intuition or whatever. Trust the process, wake up in the yeah. morning, jot it all down. So that's great. Uh, all right, I, I have a couple more, but we don't have time for all of them. I, I, I realized, you know, we're 15 minutes into this episode. We haven't even gotten to the meat. So yeah. last question of this uh, segment is, on a scale of one to 10, how excited are you about life right now and why? I have to say... I'm going to say a nine, just because to say a 10 almost doesn't seem authentic. Although if a 10 really is authentic, then maybe I should say a 10, but I'm, I'm just very, <laughs> I'll say nine. Okay. There's always room for a bit. Nine so, plus. Nine plus. 9.5, 2, 4, 8, 1, uh, you know, whatever it is. 
I'm very excited. I mean, there's so many. I launched the Soul Supply podcast back in January. So it's relatively new, although I've been at Soul Supply since 2014. And it's exciting. I mean, I am busier than I have ever been in my entire life. I will tell you that. But it is exciting. Uh, I'm competing in a belly dance competition this weekend. I have 100 goals that I like to achieve each year. And I'm making progress on that list. I'm a newlywed. I got married last October. I mean, life is exciting right now. Oh, oh, and get this too. My husband won a free vacation to Mexico through work. And I found out that I get to go too. And that's in a couple weeks. Yeah. So like life is really good right now. I am enjoying it. You look like you're hot, like on hyper energy. And I'm like, is, is Brittany on drugs right now? Or it's not I am not on drugs. No, I am on lots of amount of, of eggs and protein and kale and no sweets or caffeine, but I'm happy. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Soul Supply, which is your new podca- podcast, but you've been at Soul Supply, so to say, for a couple of years. So now is the yeah. time for you to introduce yourself and tell us who you are, what you do. Okay, so now I get to tell my story. Am I good? No, not your story. Not my story? Oh, I want to tell my story. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) What I do now. Okay, I'll start from the present, huh? Um, Yeah, my name is Brittany Hoops. I uh, have a podcast called Soul Supply with Brittany Hoops. Um, But like I mentioned before, I've been doing Soul Supply as kind of a a blog uh, since 2014. But this kind of all really stemmed from the fact that I'm a qualitative researcher. And if you haven't heard the term qualitative researcher, researcher before. It probably sounds like some sort of scientist or something like that. I can rest assured I am not a scientist, okay? A qualitative researcher is essentially a fancy way of saying that I interview people all day long. And I kind of have a background in in market research where I do qualitative research. So you might have heard of like focus groups or uh, in-depth interviews, IDIs, things like that. Um, You can pretty much take any topic um, of any sort and try to get to the core of it. And that's what we do with qualitative research and storytelling. And so I kind of took my background in that and spun it on its head and say, hey, I love goal setting. I love achievement. I want to learn more about it because it's a tricky thing. And I do research on goal setting. And I kind of infuse that into the the podcast episodes that I do and the, the people that I interview. That's amazing. And you know, I've been on your podcast as well and I can and I can see the difference. I can tell the difference that you are a qualitative researcher because the questions you ask and the questions you prepare are very in-depth and kind of really thoughtful. Can you tell? I was wondering if anybody could tell. Oh my God. Can you? You're like, I'm like, oh my God, this girl's on fire. I actually just sit down that's for funny. half an hour and think about it. So, Oh, I made you do work. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did work, but it's, you made me work, but it's okay. We had a really good conversation. It was a fun conversation. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. For everyone listening, I think it's going to be out by the time uh, it's out. So listen to, well, my, my episode on Britney's show, but also just, you have, you have an amazing presence and I love your energy and how you, and you can clearly tell that you know what you're talking about your passion is in in, in there and clearly you've been an actress um, and so that also shows up so we're gonna get to your story two more okay, questions I will hold up <laughs> yeah do you consider yourself successful and why yes I do because how I measure success is are you taking action towards 
towards the life that you want to live. And as long as I'm taking action, I'm making steps day by day, um, then I'm successful because I've learned and, and especially through the research that I do with other women that there are so many things that are outside of our control. And to measure your success by something that someone else needs to do for you or, or to, 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 to try to do anything that's not underneath your control, you're just going to make yourself crazy. That's like rolling, rolling dice. And I don't want to play that game. So I really measure my success by the action that I take. And to be even a little bit more geeky about it, I mean, I quite literally measure my success. I have a set of habits, I would say about six to eight or so habits that I track on a weekly basis. Am I doing because because they're aligned with the life that I want to live. So I know if I do not keep true to these habits, I'm not going to live the life that I want to live. So I need to be cognizant of that. And so I literally track these habits in an Excel spreadsheet that I have. Um, and I know kind of what overall grade that I have. And, and for me, success is above a 90% because that's always what it was like in school. I was always happy if I got an A, you know, and am I getting an A in my habits? Then I'm good. And I'll tell you right now, Anna, I'm at a 92. So I need to kind of, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm teetering there. January was a tough month, but I'm, I'm planning on I'm planning on, you know, making some progress here in February. Wow, you you're a true goal setting uh Oh yeah. Oh too. yeah. So There's <laughs> I can't help myself but of course ask you what are these yeah. Jade habits that you track and how do you Well yeah, so I, I, I'll give you a little taste of some of them because it would be way too long to go through all of them. But yeah, I've, I mean, one for me is how I manage my time. So how many hours am I going to allocate to the Soul Supply Show per week? How many al- hours am I going to allocate to my three kind of big core goals that I focus on? For me, those are career, body, and health. Um, Am I taking actions? Okay, so I want to put three hours per week towards each of those goals. What's going to be the best use of my time in that? Um, scheduling in, making sure that I'm going to bed on time. You know, I, I'm kind of one of those people that I need to see it on a calendar. I need to see it laid out, whether that's a paper calendar, whether that's a Google calendar, whatever it might be. Um, so those are some of my habits. Um, it was, uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Oh, exercise six times a week. That's a habit of mine. Uh, always make progress towards growing the podcast. I need to do something that's going to result in its growth each week. Um, even just simple things as in um, if I get having this idea of spiraling thoughts. I don't know if you've ever been there, Anna, but you know how sometimes something will get you down and it just kind of cascades. I almost feel like you're, you're, you're tripling or you're tripping and you're tumbling down a spiral staircase. That's what it feels like to me sometimes. And that you think of one thing bad that happened or one thing that you're not happy about and it reminds you of another thing and another thing and another thing. And then all of a sudden you're just, you know, you, you're just frozen in place and you can't take action towards your goals. I mean, I experienced that a good amount too. And so I, as one of my habits, I have listed out almost like a, an emergency plan for myself that when I start to feel that way, it's like, okay, Brittany, put down everything, go to your phone where I have all my habits, my habits listed, read this thing that will tell you exactly what to do. Something that I wrote when I was feeling good and in right mind, and it will, it will get you back on track. And I can't tell you how much time that has saved me not going down that rabbit hole of, of negative thoughts. All right. Um, we yeah. talked about the emergency plan and how we all can put it in place for ourselves. Okay. 
by sure. the end of this episode. So all the listeners, stay tuned because Brittany is going to share the number one trick to getting you, what is it? So you are on the right track, never going down the spiral and you're taking your life. Catch yourself before you fall. That's what I'm always trying to do. You know, when you're feeling good, write it out so that you, because you don't remember when you're feeling bad and you're feeling negative, you don't remember. You're not in the right mind to remember. So do it when you're feeling good. And I'll, I'll share yeah. with you kind of some tips there. Yeah. Before we move on, Brittany, uh, one more question is, what is femininity for you? You know, I have been thinking about this a lot, you know, and for me, I think femininity is not having to hide. You know, for me, it's being authentic because I'm a very, I'm a very feminine person. And I know some people really strongly identify with their feminine side. Some people don't, but I really am. And I think for a very long time, I wanted to try to minimize those parts of me so that I could be taken seriously in my career. I really felt that if I highlighted my femininity, that it would be taken the wrong way, maybe confused for kind of an unwanted advance, or if I was seen as less than or too girly, you know, I mean, I feel like when we grow up in the term girly or like you throw like a girl is an insult or something to be brushed off and not taken very seriously. You can't help but internalize that. You know, you start to minimize that part of you. So being feminine now for me means fully embracing that part of me. And, you know, when you're a very motivated and a driven woman, it's easy to feel kind of very hard and cold and and, and I think you're in that habit of keeping your guard up to play with the big boys, you know, but being feminine is bringing some warmth and understanding back into that mix. And the best way I found to tap into that is to surround yourself with other women who really understand you and the women that you can be really vulnerable with, you know, you're not competing against, you know, the women that really support you and you can be honest and authentic with. And that's really how I've learned to enjoy kind of my feminine side again. And, and by seeing other women embrace theirs. Oh, I love that. So can, can you, I love what you said, warmth. Um, I, mm-hmm. I've never, I haven't thought about it in this way, but I love the texture of it, you know, like cold versus warm, hard yeah. versus soft. And so I think a lot of listeners are struggling with this same thing of like, you know, I, I want to advance in my career, but how do I do that? You know, how mm-hmm. am I taking seriously if I am more feminine? What have you found in, in, in that aspect in terms of your career um, of bringing more of your warmth and softness? Like, how does it look like today for you, especially in your career? Yeah, I think... I think it's two parts. I think it was one, being very comfortable and authentic to yourself and making that very transparent and very known. Um, I think it's when we start to kind of put on these masks and try to like, um, you know, that, that term fake it until you make it, you know, kind of thing. I feel like a lot of people are doing that. And I think that can help you sometimes, you know, what, whatever works for you. But I do feel like we encounter a lot of people that are faking it until they, they're making it and they're not bringing that authenticity to whatever they're doing, career or otherwise. And so they really are wearing this mask the entire time you're interacting with them. And for me, it is taking that mask off and just ripping it to shreds and saying, hey, here, here's who I am. And I think that's one thing that I, 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 the feedback that I get from people that listen to my show are just like, whoa, Brittany, like <laughs> you really don't hold back. You're yourself, you know, and I'm not, a friend, I'm not afraid to admit when I don't know something. I'm not afraid to admit when, uh, you know, something nerdy that I do or that I enjoy or, you know, if I don't understand something. And I think being very authentic in that way and then also being all very, very authentic in the fact you own when you're expert at something, you know, and don't, and don't, don't doubt yourself. So really so find 
finding that balance of saying, here's what I don't know, but here's what I truly do know. And you can inject femininity into that because that's a part of who you are. You don't have to cover it up. Also, the second part of this is finding a work that will embrace that. I mean, there are some very toxic environments out there in the workplace that do not embrace femininity, that really require that masculine energy for you to be successful. And it's really a shame. And I'm hoping that that really changes over time. And I think, I think it, I feel that it is, I feel like we're in a very monumental time right now, uh, where workplace, um, dynamics are shifting. And I think, bringing that femininity to the table and then also recognizing that if you're in an environment that doesn't support that, maybe asking yourself, is this the right environment for me? And can I create an environment that will be? And I think that's what I wanted to do with Soultiply. I wanted to create a show and, you know, a, 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 a career for myself that I can grow into that's going to embrace that feminine part of me and allow me to be authentic in ways that I haven't been able to always in other career paths. Yeah, I love what you're saying. Thank you so much for sharing that. It feels like you've done a lot of kind of thinking about it and work. Mm. And, you know, I don't have all the answers myself. And of course, like I don't work in an office and so to say career, I'm location Mm -hmm. dependent. So a lot of the times, you know, I feel disconnected from women who are in an office or something like that. I'm like, how does that apply? But I know it applies for sure to Mm -hmm. all women, no matter where you are. But I love what you said, you know, it's really, so would you say it's really about embracing your feminine side, knowing who you are, being authentic with yourself and then bringing that authenticity without the masks, without trying to prove anything to anyone, embracing the playfulness, embracing you being a girl and showing up fully, still being, you know, serious, still being, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, respected, trustful, attending to deadlines, just everything stays the same way. You just go to work and you kind of play and you show up, you're in your emotions and you just show up being you as you are as a woman. You know, exactly. And- if you're setting that precedent that here's my authentic self and feminine parts come out in that, then that's great. I think I think some people have this idea that femininity is like these giggling little girls going, you know, the whole time. That's not like, I'm sorry, we are not cartoons. Like, you know, I, I, that's not, fem- I mean, it can be femininity for you and your girlfriends at brunch or something like that when you had a little too much to drink, you know, maybe that, that maybe it is true for you then. But it's, you got to recognize the times. Yes, you can still come to work and be professional and and make and make amazing progress for you and your company um, and still find that feminine power that can help infuse that and I think I think personally for me the key has been authenticity and setting that expectation that hey this is who you get this is who I am Mm -hmm. so whatever I'm bringing to the table you know that it's going to be authentic and whatever that is um, you know love love it or hate it you know that's up to them and not not downplaying it in a way you know like if you love eccentric clothes or colors or makeup or I'm pretty sure you go you know to the office wearing your earrings. Maybe they're a bit toned down for the professional environment, but like you embrace it and you shine in your own way without, you know, hiding or putting a mask and you're not emotional or whatever. You're just showing up in a professional way, but being you. 
Absolutely. Because I mean, I don't know how, if anyone else feels this way, but I feel like almost the out, say if we're taking the aspect of femininity in terms of how you dress. Okay. Say you're feminine. You, you, you know, like me, I like to wear makeup. I like to wear earrings. That's a creative outlet for me. If I try to stifle that and I try to, you know, look very severe and don't wear my makeup and, and be not who I am and what I enjoy, I'm stifled. That's, it's like me wearing a mask that just doesn't fit and isn't right all day long. And I don't want to, that's not, that's, that's like rolling off the wrong side of the bed in the morning, you know? And so for me, it's like, I need to look and feel like myself so that I can be my best, most powerful self, even at work. And that's what it is for me. Some people hate makeup, hate wearing all this stuff. Well, then could you imagine you trying to put makeup on every day and show up to work? You wouldn't be your, your true self in, in that situation. So you have to be true what's to you and be doing it for you, not for anyone else. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. So, uh, Brittany, now we get into your story. And so, okay. <laughs> all right, I know, I know it's been a long time. Uh, here we are, we have arrived. Um, so what I want to focus on first is your story, because as I mentioned in the beginning, it's fascinating that you, as you mentioned, you know, since you were three, a little girl, you were dreaming mm-hmm. to be an actress. And you actually, you know, on the contrary to like the, the regular story of, oh, you know, like I wanted to be an actress as well, but that never yeah. seemed possible or whatever like you know the idea of a starving artist like nobody mm-hmm. can make any what are you talking about whatever but you actually were supported by everyone by your parents and everything throughout yep. your childhood and you actually went to New York uh, University and you studied acting and then you mm-hmm. were acting and then something happened and you ended yep. up doing qualitative research out of I know how did that happen right yeah, I'm so still processing it myself yeah yeah I mean exactly like you said it was it was growing up I mean ever since I was little wanting to act and I mean I acted all through middle school all through high school I was voted you know most likely to go to Hollywood in my high school you know yearbook uh, I went to NYU for acting uh, Tisch School of the Arts studied acting there absolutely I mean, every fiber of my being, Brittany equaled actress. You know, everything that I did, my, my bedroom was acting themed. I mean, you just, you couldn't be more obsessed with the topic if you tried. And I graduated from school, graduated from NYU and was living in New York and did some acting in New York. I did some indie film, did some off-Broadway theater um, and was acting professionally. And I can tell you the moment I remember that I did not, I no longer wanted to do it. That everything I'd worked for and dreamed of being an Oscar award winning actress. I mean, every, every night what I would dream of before I went to sleep at night, realized that that did not apply to me anymore. I was actually auditioning. I feel so bad. It wasn't, it wasn't my friend's fault. Okay. But my friend was, was had a play that he wrote and he invited all of his friends, obviously to audition for it. And I was auditioning for his project. And I was, I was auditioning with people that I went to school with. And it's like, Oh my good goodness. Could you be in any more supportive of, of an environment? You know, I was practically a shoe in for this part because my friend was casting it. And I knew, you know, if he asked me to audition, he'd want me to be in the show. I was acting with other friends. I mean, this was the ideal situation, right? This would, should be so much fun. And I realized that if I'm not having fun in this situation, how in the world am I going to put up with the rejection? How in the world am I going to put up with, you know, the waiting by the telephone for it to call, you know, to, to get that call that I got the part, you know, how am I going to, I wasn't fulfilled anymore. And it was a very scary process. It was recognizing, like you said, I had such supportive parents. They couldn't have supported me more if they tried. They had to sit through so much bad theater while I grew up uh, that my heart goes 
things out to them. They were so supportive. And I had such a great, you know, supportive friends, supportive family. And what kept on going through my mind was how they're going to think that I failed. Here they did. They believed in me. They, they know Brittany, the acting girl, you know, and now I don't want to do it. Like it felt like I, I took advantage of them so in some way. Let me, let me interrupt you for a second. Yeah. I- that is, that is, that, that's fascinating because I feel a lot of us actually dream of doing something creative and dream of that supportive environment. And mm. I, oh, my man, like I can't even imagine how you must have felt like. But let me ask you, what was that moment that you realized that it's not fulfilling anymore? And what is it? Like, how did you feel it? Because I feel like a lot of us might be going through mm-hmm. those moments or might be feeling that, but not actually recognizing that that's it. That's it. How how was it for you? I think here's the thing. I had attached so much of my identity to being an actress, you know, that I didn't know who I was. I mean, because quite literally, I wanted it since I was three. I did not know who I was without considering myself an actress. And I think that's what kept me attached to it so long that little inklings would pipe in here or there, you know, that I realized that I had these other skills that I really enjoyed. I love taking more of a leadership type position in things. I didn't like having to show up and audition for things. And, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to be, you know, um, in, in that position of, of doing a project rather than relying on someone else, you know, and, and, and I recognize these other little skills and things kind of peeped in, but I was so attached to that identity that when I finally allowed myself to say, Hey, I don't know who I'm going to be when I'm not an actress, but that's okay. I'm going to take that leap. I'm going to figure that out. And I kind of ripped that bandaid, you know, once and for all and said, okay, I'm not acting. And I mean, this was a, this was a, a, a painful process. I mean, I remember for a, at least a month after Afterwards, still getting people saying, you know, without even having to audition for things and and films saying, hey, Brittany, we want you in this project and having to actively say no to things Mm -hmm. that I actually previously really wanted. And that was hard. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Do you feel, you know, that reminds me of um, Shelby I interviewed on this Mm -hmm. podcast and she's a U.S. Navy female helicopter pilot. Mm -hmm. And it was so interesting because she and she's quite young you know she's 26 and she's like in japan on deployment and doing this like really badass like helicopter things mm-hmm. and she kind of almost confessed she's like you know what i only wanted this because me and my brother were watching um top gun with mm-hmm. uh, with tom cruise and i always wanted to be that girl that when i when people ask me what do you do for work and i said i'm a helicopter or like i'm a pilot she actually wanted yeah. to fly jets that i would tell them that i'm a jet pilot and they would look at me and see and then feel all these different things oh my god what a badass wow. like you go girl and then she said well guess what this was not like I realized it's not me. It was the identity yeah. that I wanted to be. So that yeah. I thought it was fascinating. So do you feel like this idea or like you were attached to the image of it or the glamour oh. of it or something? And the skill. The skill. I mean, I'll tell you, Anna, that was that was the thing that I was known for being good at. I mean, when my parents would go to parties and people say, oh, how are your kids doing? The first thing they would talk about is whatever show I'm in right now or, you know, what acting thing. You know, even I remember performing at like extended family functions. Oh, Brittany, do your little skit, you know, do a little skit or act, do a monologue, do, you know, a perform for people. Like I quite literally sometimes felt a little bit like a circus animal. It's like, do that thing that you're really good at, you know? And it was like... Like, 
how do you begin to say, I mean, how does one decide, oh, you know, this thing that I'm really good at and get a lot of attention for, um, I'm just going to not do that anymore. And hopefully I'm good at other things. Hopefully I have value in other ways. You know, that was like jumping off a cliff for me. It really was. So how, okay. So you're now at the point, uh, let's take you to the point where you decide, Mm -hmm. okay, that's it. And you were like, oh my God, you know, am I a failure? Did I Mm -hmm. fail anyone? Am I disappointed? So how did you, how did you tell your parents everyone else and how did they react? And then how did you move forward from there? You know, I think it's funny. I wish I had some very uh, distinctive memory of telling my parents. I think me and my mom are very close. So I think she kind of had inklings um, throughout the process. Um, I don't know if I ever explicitly told my dad. And that was kind of a... Uh, a a point, I wouldn't say a point of contention, but you know, he had paid for my very expensive NYU education. And you know, he had put a lot in me of being an actress. And you know, I think it's something I think they kind of just knew when I took my first full time job, that wow, you know, and I kind of eased out of it too. I worked at talent management and talent offices did a little in casting, you know, so I was on the other side of the table, I was still in the entertainment industry, just not acting. And then very quickly after that realized that it's the industry that I do not like very much and and got out of that. Um, But I think it was you know, I think it was a gradual process. But then for me, I think it was really realizing after a lot of reflection and realizing like, oh, I still exist. Like, I know this sounds silly, but I almost felt like as soon as I said, Brittany is not an actress, that I would just kind of go up in a puff in a sm- of smoke, you know, like I would just disappear. Like, it's like, poof, Brittany, yeah. <laughs> Brittany's no longer there. Oh, darn. You know, like I literally, I, I feel like sometimes I thought that I, I kept on like almost pinching myself. Like I'm still here. I'm still human. Okay, great. And then, then that was exciting because it was like, well, then who am I? I'm still human and I'm not an actress. That means there's more to me than this. And that was a fun experience trying to figure that out. Wow, that's that's amazing. I feel like, gosh, so many of us are in that space. And I know I was when I was an email marketer, online marketer, mm-hmm. especially when, and I completely understand what you say, especially when you're in a job or a position that's like high enough or you're getting, like I was getting paid really well. I was mm-hmm. living the, the, the dream lifestyle, you know, traveling the world, whatever. I know a, a bunch of our listeners are holding like these high positions and, you know, corporations and mm-hmm. you're like this, you know, you're respected for what you do you are that and so yeah. once you strip that and, and that's that's something I love about exploring femininity and womanhood and I feel like for men it's the same but but specifically for women you know it's it's how we define ourselves and attaching ourselves to that identity and the question is yeah once you that's not for you first of all you got to arrive there but then you're mm-hmm. like oh my god who am i and like if yeah. this label disappears then who the hell am i you know what's yeah. going on so how did you get from that place to actually doing qualitative research uh doing saltiply and now you actually saltiply is all about actually qualitative research on goal setting and achievement and you're a brilliant interviewer and you're going for that which is like completely opposite, I guess, to like the skills. I know. So random, right? Well, I think something I learned about myself after I stripped myself of that identity of being an actress, I realized one of the things that wasn't fulfilling for me as an actress anymore is that I'm very evenly left brain and the right brain. You know, I'm incredibly creative, incredibly emotional and intuitive. But at the same time, I love me a good Excel spreadsheet goal tracker. And I love, you know, I love the logic behind it. And it was always kind of that 
that I'm always seeking that balance. And I think qualitative research, uh, to not get too ahead of myself, but I think qualitative research, it's interviewing people, it's listening, it's, 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 uh, it's relating, it's storytelling, it's, it's literally drawing the stories out of the people that I speak to. And it's so many of those, those same skills that I use as an actress apply, even though you wouldn't even think so as a researcher. But I think for me, when I decided to give up acting, I really said, okay, I'm going to figure out who I am. And I read just about every self-help book I could get my hands on. I, you know, I did everything. I mean, I just was, I just was like a sponge. I just was soaking up everything, just trying to figure out what was that thing. And I think I finally realized that, you know what? I, I, yes, I was an actress, but more than anything, I was a person with a really strong dream. And I was a person that really loved to look forward to the future. I was a hopeful person. I still am a hopeful person, but I, I, I love to have my eyes set on a goal and ardently go after that goal. And I realized that that really interests me and watching other people do that really interests me. And that's kind of when a light bulb went off. I still remember where I was. I was on the, like the ACE line and the New York subway system, which if you live in New York, you know how gross that subway line is. I mean, it, it smelled like urine and I was just sitting there in this gross subway car and it just dawned on me that it was like, it was never about acting specifically. It was about going after a goal. And could I be a facilitator for that? Could I be someone that people could talk to, listen to, speak with that could help them on their, on their journey and kind of do that butterfly effect, you know, in a way? And that just really ignited that passion in me that I hadn't felt in a really long time. Oh my goodness. I love that. And I love how you are talking in stories so that we can imagine it. And obviously you're a qualitative <laughs> researcher. That's all you do. I yeah. Don't, don't picture the urine smell too, too much. I, 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 maybe I painted too descriptive of a picture there. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's a good story, right? When you, when you yeah. describe not only what happens, but what's going on around, um, you know, the smells, the touches, <laughs> the, the light, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I love that. So Brittany, let's talk about you know, for women, and I know because I've talked to many of my listeners already, knowing them personally, and that's an amazing journey in itself. But I know a lot of them are in this transition state. Um, maybe they're just getting there and they're feeling like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this doesn't mean pleasure anymore. Um, but maybe they're there and they're looking for like a plan. And I mm -hmm. know that you said you love helping people come up with that either transition plan or figure out the next steps or, you know, going for that goal. So what would you say to anyone who is kind of in that position of, um, I don't know, I don't know if this is my thing, you know, or whether they're looking for the next thing or, so I'd be curious to see, uh, you know, after doing all this research and podcast and writing mm -hmm. on your blog and you being so fascinated about it, what would you tell women who are in the transition phase? I would say that you have to kind of get out of your your logical brain, your your mind, your thinking state and do. You have to try. And more than anything, you have to promise yourself that you're not going to settle. I think what what paralyzes a lot of people is that they're happy enough. 
you know? Um, I'm happy enough with my job. I'm happy enough with my partner. I'm happy enough where I live, you know, all these things. And they're afraid that if they give up that thing without having this backup plan, you know, knowing for sure what they want to do, um, you know, that they're not willing to just kind of be free floating and, and not know the answer. And I say that that's really doing a huge disservice to your growth and to your dreams and to your life. You have to be able to say, kind of like I did when I was an, I was an, an actress, to say, okay, I don't know what the answer is um, and I'm still going to move forward anyways and, and kind of take that leap. And I think you only know that by doing and trying. I can't tell you how many jobs I had in between acting and now qualitative research. Oh my goodness. I was the girl who cried job instead of wolf. Like my poor family, they just, they, they, it was, it was just like, a, you know, I worked in a vet planning company. I was a nanny. I did like all these odd things, worked at restaurants. I did so many things. And that was purely because I did not know what that passion was, but I knew that I I had to try things in order to rule things out. So even if you view it as not as, as a failure, it's not a failure because now you can cross off one thing off that list. You know, your list might have a million different things that could be your passion, but at least now it's, you know, minus one, you know, it's 999, you know, whatever it is um, left for you to try. And that means not settling. And, and you have to be comfortable with the fact that you will not have the answer, but the only way you can find it is if you take action on it. So I would say first thing you need to do is let go of what you're you're um, currently you know thinking is not not your life not your passion not your dream and then start trying one by one the things that could be the possibility and you'll learn from there yeah absolutely you know when people ask me also for advice or whatever I'm just I, all I say is like just do something you know action mm -hmm. is always better than inaction and you know when I think of my life and Brittany I, I'm sure you would agree like I'm not that special yeah mm -hmm. I mean, well maybe my life you know I had a bit of but but, but really you know I, I was talking to a listener actually she told me oh you know you're so ahead and, and everything and you know and I'm like my goodness do you know how much excuse me, shit I took, like yeah. how many things I've tried and, and like, it's crazy how people look at your life and they're like, oh my God, you're so hot for her head, but without even kind of researching and realizing that like, I've done a lot of different things and you're right. It's like that trust, right? Especially for women, for us to trust that no matter what you do. And I know we talk about it on your podcast and I said, you know, what kept me going forward is knowing that, well, Sometimes I knew it, sometimes I didn't, but I took the mm -hmm. risk anyways, knowing that no matter what happens, I will be okay. You know, what is yeah. the worst case scenario that can happen? Okay, I'm going to get, uh, you know, no money, whatever, no house. I'm going to go and get a bartending job, you know, yep. and just bartend yep. for or a waitress, right? For three months until I figure it out. And I feel like so many of us going back to what you said about identities, you know, it's oh my God, but I've been 10 years in this industry. Am I going to throw mm -hmm. it all away? Well, yeah, if you've been unhappy in this industry for so long, like you're never going to get to a place where you're going to really figure it out unless you act and let go and trust. And my God, you know, that, that is such an incredible journey in itself. Like, and I feel the people who do it, like the ones who are quote unquote successful, whatever, who are building their businesses, living their life are the ones who actually did that, 
you know, they took that leap. Yeah. And do you agree that that's actually a muscle? I found it for myself. Oh, it's for a muscle. Sure. You know, once you do it a couple of times, then it's just easier and easier. You have to build up that trust with yourself. And I think that was the thing. I had to build up trust with myself that I am always going to have my best interest in mind for myself because no one else was going to do that for me. So for in the instance of all the many little jobs that I tried, I mean, some of them were so miserable. Oh, some of the bosses I had just would make you cringe. You, there should, I should make a movie. And, you know, and it was just, there was at one point in time that I was so unhappy with this one job that I quit um, and I didn't have anything lined up. Um, and I quit because I had built that trust with myself that I wasn't going to settle. You know, my life is too precious. I don't know how much of it I have because let's just be frank. I know it's a little negative and, and dismal to think about, but we are not guaranteed any amount of time on this earth. So why would you waste it sitting there thinking about what you wish you were doing? You know, and even if you don't have the answer, you just jump and leap. And so I quit this job. You know, it was a toxic situation. And then I was unemployed for a whole uh, six hours, honestly. Something else came came and swooped in and caught me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were... Those were some six hours, but isn't that just crazy? I mean, I don't know. I don't know, Anna. I'm 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 on the fence here. Some some days I'm a little woo woo. Some days I'm not. But that day, I was like, whoa! The universe works in pretty miraculous ways because all it was waiting was for me to take that leap and say, you know what? My life and my time on this earth is more important than this tox you know toxicity and 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 unhappiness that I was feeling. And it was like, okay, you're ready to do this. I'll, I'll give you something new, and it, you know. And you just have to do it. You have to take action. Absolutely. And, you know, if this is not inspiration enough, like, I don't know what would be, you know, like here, here yeah. two women, like we, we, we've pretty much done it, you know, we've taken the leap. And I feel like so many are waiting either for permission, waiting for something else to happen, are kind of stuck and be like, whatever. The world is full of opportunity. And I just, you know, sometimes like, oh my God, like, am I going to have enough years in this lifetime to actually experience yeah. everything I want to experience? It's amazing. Yeah. So let this be to all the listeners, um, kind of maybe a push, but also a hand or an inspiration or a spark for you to just, just and I do think, it. Yeah, being comfortable to explore too. Because that was another big thing that I promised myself after I gave up acting that I was never going to attach myself to an identity of one of my goals ever again. Even Soul Supply. I have said from the very beginning, if I wake up tomorrow and I don't feel like doing it, you'll never hear from me again. That's how that's how it's gonna work. Now, Bye. granted, I've I've woken up <laughs> that that's not the truth. Listen to my show, okay? I haven't I haven't stopped. But you know what I mean? Like i I wake up every day since 2014 and I make that choice that yes, this is something I still want to do, but give yourself the permission to explore because I think especially with social media wouldn't you agree Anna that oh everyone God. is trying to put their like this is my like here's how I package myself here's how I you know what isn't branding and positioning and everything all about like who you are and this and that and so they get so locked into this like picture of themselves that they put out online that they aren't willing to say like hey I'm still trying to figure it out and so I think everybody else looking at the social media profiles are thinking oh wow I have to have it all figured out before I can post you know before I can live and that's not the case you need to do some things you might try some things that you don't want to stick with and being able to recognize that and then switch gears again and do that until you find it is the most important thing. Absolutely. And you know, my best advice to everyone listening is to stop scrolling and actually mm-hmm. get off Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I'm, I'm still kind of scrolling on Instagram, but social media for me, you know, is so draining. Yes. And I don't know whether it's like extroversion. Ex- I, I, I guess I always 
And I know you said that you are extroverted introvert. Yeah, that's how I describe myself. I feel like I might be the same. Like it's so overwhelming and I stopped scrolling and that was the best damn thing I did for myself because, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, somebody, oh, have you seen this? I'm like, nope. And then a friend of mine actually looked at me and she's like, but isn't that selfish? Don't you care about what your friends really? are doing and everything? I'm like, what? You know, if, wow. if I care about my friend having a baby or being pregnant, you trust me that I'm going to I'm gonna be one of the first to know through yep. a text message, through a WhatsApp, through a message and not like yep. see her wall, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> anyways, Brittany, let's move on. I'm, I'm very curious about, you know, you are into this soul supply, which you, mm-hmm. which you basically say, you know, living your life, living your dreams, going to what, going towards what you want and kind of multiply your soul, I suppose, which I love. So throughout the years doing this and already doing the podcast, what are some of the things you learned that you can share with us? Maybe your top three about goal setting and, and, you know, achievement and particularly for women. Uh, I know like I should be the expert on femininity and womanhood. And that's what we talked about on your show. What have you found maybe for yourself or in general for women, like kind of your top um, things about goal setting and achievement? Well, I interview and I speak to driven, primarily millennial women. And what I think is really interesting, and I love speaking to women who are kind of, you know, a few years out of college, um, are just kind of diving into, you know, quote unquote, real life, and, and just trying to figure that all out and are on that spectrum of that. So, you know, kind of young to mid to late 20s. And that's such a pivotal time. Oh, my goodness. You think you have it all figured out at the end of school. You get out into the real world, you kind of freak out for a few years and then and then you start to kind of piece things together and you start to feel a little bit more solidified although I don't know if any of us can say we always we ever feel completely solidified but through my kind of research with these particular women I found that that time of life very important because we're still trying to operate and this was something that I thought was very interesting through the, over the course of my interviews we're trying to operate with the, the same rules that we experienced during school you know, if I do A and B, A and B, it will equal C. I will get a grade. It will be on my report card. I need these new grades to get into university or college or whatever it might be. And you know, there's just such a, a, a for sure set of rules. And then we get out into the real world, especially for if we are pursuing goals that are you know in a creative field or creative endeavors. And it just doesn't work that way. And it just oh, we almost throw a temper tantrum. You know, our soul throws a temper tantrum tantrum, just trying to figure out, well, like, I don't know how to operate. There's no rules. There's no guidebook. There's no report card. Like, how do I go about this? And I think it was just, you know, recognizing that you kind of have to feel it out as you go and recognizing that there's going to be, you know, some of the biggest obstacles that we face are not knowing what to do. I mean, a lot of times if we're in in touch with our intuition, we'll know what to do. A lot of times, you know, you can go on the internet and Google just about anything and you can find out the steps to do. And a lot of the things are the mental obstacles that we face. It's the self-sabotage. It's the guilt. It's the doubt. Out. It's the worry. It's, you know, it's the shame. It's, it's whatever these mental obstacles come up for you, the fear that are getting in your own way and achieving what you want to achieve. And it's that struggle that you put on yourself to recognize that like you think that you have to work, work, work really hard, you know, and everything has to be very difficult because, you know, climbing up a mountain to your goal needs to be a a difficult climb. And it's recognizing, well, how can I make this easier or 
even easy? How can I make it joyful? How can I infuse this journey with joy and recognize that I'm primarily, my life is going to consist of the journey and very rarely are there going to be these moments of accomplishment and being able to look back and say, okay, I can achieve my goals in a way that feels good as I'm going about them, uh, which will actually lead to the motivation to stick with them long term. So those are kind of some of the main themes. I mean, gosh, it's so hard to summarize, you know, all these the hours of interviews, the hours. I mean, you could ask me just about any topic and I could tell you what I'm hearing about on it. But I feel like when it comes to core themes that I hear, those are really a lot of them. And of course, I mean, every episode on the Soul Supply Show is digging into something that I'm hearing in the research and, and fleshing that out fuller and then saying, okay, well, what do I do with this? You know, it's great to whoop de doo I heard about it, but what do I do with this? How do I apply it to my goals? And it's, it's talking about the actual step, steps that we can take as well as, you know, sometimes I like to, to throw out some, you know, free things that you can download and whatnot to kind of help you get there too. Mm-hmm. So for someone in, in transition and, you know, going through that, exactly what you talked about, how do I figure it all out and where's the map? What is the one thing they can actually do? So let's get a bit more practical yeah. um, to live their full life. And, you know, like you said, uh, don't give up and trust things and, and, you know, just try things. Don't settle. Um, what is the number one thing that you'd recommend? Well, if you're in transition right now, so that means that you have this doubt that what you're doing right now might not be the best fit for you. And a lot of times, like we were saying before, when you're in transition, we don't really know what the next step is. And that's what's scary. When you can't see the step in front of you, yet you're going to jump off this ledge, you know, that that intuitively does not feel right to us, right? <laughs> so I think, and like I said, taking action is going to be your best step. So, okay, so what is that, Brittany? What is, take action. What do you mean by that? I would say you really need to get out of your comfort zone with that action. So one of the exercises that I found was very pivotal in my transition period is actually when I just started this exercise that I've been doing every year since. And it's the 100 goals for the year exercise. It's a, it's a goal setting game. And it's essentially exactly how it sounds. Um, you can start a year at any time. I always start beginning in January, but you could start it on your birthday. You could start it today. Who knows, you know, a year. And it's you come up with 100 goals for yourself. Now, oh my gosh, you might be cringing saying like, oh, 100, how do I do that? But that's that's why I would prescribe per se this exercise to somebody who's in transition because you need to figure it out. You need to take action. And so I want you to get really specific and think about, okay, what are 100 things that I want my life to be like? What are 100 things I want to do or see or be or experience? And they don't all have to be, the, the whole point of the 100 is because they don't all have to be monumental. You know, they can be little things like, oh, I'd really love to go to this comedy club. You know, I've been meaning to go there, but I haven't. You know, that could be one. Um, you know, I, I, gosh, I have, I've so, I've done it for every year since I went through my trend, you know, my transition from actress to, to researcher, I, I've done it. So it's, you know, it's, it's been a good amount of years now. And it's a fun challenge because you can see how many you've done over month to month. And, um, and, and it gets you taking action and it gets you recognizing, yes, I want more of that. No, I want less of that. And so that you can have, it's, it's, it's a way to induce that light bulb moment for yourself of when you recognize, actually, this is my passion. Because when you recognize it, you're going to feel it. I mean, when I was sitting there on that subway train, it just felt like a lightning bolt running through my veins. I knew that that was my purpose. And and you'll have that moment too, but you got to take action and help yourself get there. 
Yeah, I love that. You got to take action and help yourself there. So, Brittany, this has been amazing. I have one last thing before, one last question before we get to the tools and resources section. Sure. I'm really um, curious what you have to say. So, let's get back into that emergency plan that mm-hmm. you mentioned in the beginning. So, when you're going down the spiral of, I'm assuming, like, this is a state where, and I know exactly how it feels, right? It's mm-hmm. a challenge. It, it feels like a failure. You don't know what to do. Like you go into this, you know, like panic anxiety mode in your head. Yep. Uh, so you said you have an emergency plan that you actually did when you were in a good state. So can you help us understand what is that and how can we make your own? And if you can share your own, that would be great. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be more than happy to share my own. Of course, it's it's what I came up with to help me. Um, you, the best thing that you can do is try to think when you're feeling nice and positive, when you're feeling really good and amped, probably after listening to this episode, I would hope, <laughs> when you're feeling really good, come up with your own. Because it's almost like, you know how, you know how they say um, in, in case of a fire emergency that you have to have the plan before the actual fire happens, right? Because yeah. if you're in a building that is burning down, that's not the time to come up with a plan. You can't, you know... You can't think straight in that situation. It's the exact sort of same thing for this, but with negative thoughts. And and so for me, I'll share mine and then I'll share how you can come up with your own. For me, um, I subscribe to this app. Oh, I should have... Well, I know we're going to talk about apps and just here in a moment, Anna, but this wasn't even one that I thought of before, but it is a great app. It's called the Headspace app and it's a meditation app. And I love it. I've, I've meditated over 27 hours using this app, but one of their meditations is the SOS uh, meditation. And it's one that's just for situations like this. When you're saying, help, I need help. I need to get a new mindset. I listen to that. It's only a couple minutes long. That's the first thing I do. Second thing I do as, as part of this, um, you know, break the glass here, emergency you know, spiral thought uh, action plan is that I look at my schedule and I remove anything and everything that I can from that day um, that... uh, and replace it with self-care activities. So I'm recognizing if I'm in this kind of thought space that, um, you know, that I need to kind of clear my space and I need to infuse my schedule with activities that are going to be really nourishing and helpful for me and get me more back on that positive thought train than the negative one that I'm, you know, cascading down right now. And the third thing that I do, and I think probably the most helpful as part of this plan, is that I observe my thoughts. And for me, that's a visualization that I observe my thoughts from the balcony. And I know this sounds so strange, okay? But picture like your Romeo and Juliet, you know, the old play. This is my actress coming back out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pretend that I'm on that balcony like Juliet and I'm looking down below at Romeo. Only Romeo is my negative thoughts and Romeo is throwing a fit here, people, okay? He is going nuts because he is in such a negative state and he's just blah, 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 blah. And so I look down at my thoughts and I think, oh, how interesting. Brittany's really having trouble right now. Okay. That really, that, that stinks, you know? Like, and if you can observe your thoughts, I know this is a crazy visualization, but if you can observe your thoughts, almost like you're observing them from a balcony, that detaches you from the thought and you recognize that I am not the thought. Yes, I'm having a little bit of difficulty right now. Yes, this doesn't feel so good and I don't feel like I can move on. Am I that thought? Is that thought my identity? No. And that thought, oof, 
that that can shift you. I mean, I went from some days I would, you know, spiral for days at a time. I mean, it's, you know, where you just don't feel like yourself. It's like, I, I don't know if I want to say depression, but it's like, it's a little mini depressive episode. And since I've instituted this plan, it rem- instead of being a couple days long where I would get caught in that, that snowstorm of, of negative thoughts, it's only maybe an hour or two. And oh, that means the world, you know, it makes a big difference. I love that. And I feel like this is so crucial. You know what you said, like meditation and then self-care, removing everything else and just doing self-care and observing yeah. your thoughts. Like the observing your th- thoughts exercise, I've done that a couple of times. I know a lot of practitioners like, you know, healers or coaches, whatever use it. And I think it comes from either NLP or something like that. It's yeah. a psychological trick where you basically detach yourself from your thought. Yeah. And then you, while observing it unconsciously, I, I suppose that something happens and when you understand, like you distance yourself from it, you look at it from, and you know, they do it in like breakups, uh, detaching yourself, mm-hmm. whatever negative situation you're in. And you know, with me, it happens like this and it's a muscle because for me, it's so hard where I'm in that state and I'm 90% of the time, okay, maybe 85. I mean, this very yeah. joyful kind of uh, you know, positive vibe. And so when I get negative vibe or whatever, low in energy, I freaking hate it. Like mm. that for me is the worst thing ever. And my natural instinct is to get out of it as soon as possible. So in the yeah. past, I was using external things like drugs, riding, sex, mm. whatever. A lot of us are just, if we have a partner, poor partner, right? Yeah, um, yeah. That goes all on him. But I love having this emergency plan and that's what I'm doing right now is consciously saying, all right, shit's going down. What can I do? So I go for a walk. I go for yoga. Like self-care is so important. And you know what? I just take a break. And then I tell myself, it doesn't need an answer right now. And most of the time it actually doesn't. Like everything, everything wait because making decisions or you know, talking to someone, whatever, I just shut down and I just take a break and give myself a space and I watch those thoughts and I listen to meditations as well. And that's great. Um, Brittany, thank you so much for sharing that. That's amazing. I'm yeah. just listening to you and that's a meditation in itself. And you have such a soothing voice and personality. I'm like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's incredible. You're like, uh, how do you say, mesmerizing and hypnotizing me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Hopefully it's helpful, you know, for somebody out there. I, all I can do is speak through my experience and speak through the, 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 the powerful, amazing women that I get to speak to each day. But Yeah, yeah, awesome. It's time for tools and resources on Girl Skill. Let's talk about some of the top apps that you are using and recommending for, you know, a more happy, fulfilled life and probably goal setting. One of them you mentioned already is Headspace. Do you have... Yeah. Yes, I am right now. I mean, I'm constantly trying new apps and new to-do lists and new things like that. But right now, I'm really loving the Shine app. Have you ever heard of that one, Anna? Wait, is this the one that's like coming into your Facebook Messenger and sending you different things? Mm, like similar, similar. So it's an it's a self-contained app. But what I like about it is it kind of mimics like it's like you're texting somebody every morning. Yeah, so it's a daily... Answer. Yeah, it's a daily motivation and check-in app. So what I really love is it takes this short little topic, whatever it is. I almost kind of view it like a fortune cookie for your day, you know? And it says, do you want to check in in the morning? And then you check in and it gives you a little little bit of daily in, uh, inspiration, motivation. And then it asks you kind of two questions, almost like you're texting. So you're kind of texting with the app and it's almost like mini journaling, right? So it asks you what you're grateful for and it asks you what you're going to do to feel good that day. And it's so nice just being able, I mean, we're all on 
our phones all the time. And it's just so nice in the morning to be able to check in with that app and really get clear on those two questions in a really easy kind of fun way. So I've been loving that app. Um, I also love the Happy Scale app. Now, this is kind of goal specific. Like I said, one of my big goals right now is body and health related goals. And, so, and a part of that is weight loss. So if you do have any sort of weight loss or health goals, I love this app. It's a great app that tracks it and kind of does weight loss predictions for you. So it it predicts when you're going to hit certain you know goal milestones in terms of weight loss. So And what's really nice is I've learned with weight loss at least that you can lose a bunch of weight and then maybe you start gaining a little bit back and, or you don't budge, you know, you plateau and you, then you start to freak out and you're like, oh, I'm not losing weight. What, I, what am I doing wrong? But really this app tells you what your moving average is. So it smooths your results over time so you don't freak out quite as much. It, it eliminates that it's not working kind of mindset that can derail us if we have kind of weight related goals. So I really love that. Mm, love that. Need to check that out for sure. Okay, let's move on to some of the people you follow or maybe blogs you read for inspiration or, you know, something that keeps you motivated. Uh, Anna, you know what? I tell people all the time that I'm such a defective millennial because social media just does not come naturally to me. I mean, I will fully admit right now, like I, you go look me up. I don't have a ton of followers and that is, uh, that is my fault. Like I don't, I don't, I do social media, but I'm getting better at it is what to say. And I think that's because I don't follow so many. I, I'm not a huge blog reader. I'm very much more of a podcast person. So I could definitely tell you some of my favorite podcasts besides Girl Skill. Girl Skill is mm-hmm. one of my favorites. And and, and so is old one. Um, and, you know, and, and, but in terms of blogs, I'm not reading a ton. And in terms of following, it's kind of like what we said, you know, like I follow, I'm really inspired by people that are in my network. And I'm really inspired by people that I really want to get to know on, uh, on a real basis. I think that's kind of the introvert in, in me. And so I really, I'm much more apt to kind of text somebody and go catch up with them over lunch than, than, than scroll and, and follow. But in, in terms of, you know, other people that I am following or what I can recommend. I do love two podcasts. So I could tell you about that. My, yes. my favorite podcast is one that's a comedy podcast called Girls Girls. Oh my God. If you want to laugh, you have to, tears in your eyes. Listen to this podcast. And I also really love Beautiful Anonymous. Um, and it's by comedian um, Chris Gethard um, that hosts it. And it's just... It's it, I, well, no wonder I would like it. It's just interviews with normal people, and that's what I like to do on a day and day basis. And that's really what I try to do with my Soul Supply podcast. I just want to interview all different types of goal setters from all different types in their journey. Some people who haven't even started their goals yet, some people who have accomplished more goals than I could ever hope to accomplish in my whole life. Everybody's on the same playing field, you know, in my show. And I think that's why I love Beautiful Anonymous because it just takes normal people and it shows that, you know, everybody has an interesting story to tell. And, and, and I love that. Yeah, I love that. You know, I was lo- I was uh, looking for actually a comedy podcast. Like, I don't know, I guess I, g- I go through phases of like, oh my God, this is too much information. Like my brain is on fire. I just want to laugh. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. so freaking serious. So what was that one? Girls, girls written together. Girls, girls. Yeah. And it's so great. It's about two kind of like uh, moms that live in Ohio in the United States. And they just talk about their day and their week and they are hilarious. They're best friends. And oh my God, I just want to be best friends with them. Like I just want to be best friends with them. They're wonderful. I love it. We're going to link to everything you're saying, all the tools in the show notes. So everyone listening, no worries. You can just go to the show notes and get all of it. So last section, Brittany, uh, this is already great. Thanks so much. But last section are the books that you can recommend that maybe inspire you or you find them transformational. 
Absolutely. I kind of have three here. Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, Dr. Brene Brown. I mean, literally any book by her. Seriously, I've read them all. They're all so favorite, but uh, it's fantastic. And, but, um, but that's my favorite. Um, probably because Brene Brown is a researcher too. So I want to be here when I grow up. Yeah. Um, I also love this book called Maybe It's You by Lauren Handel Zander. Um, she has her own coaching group called the Handel Coaching Group. Actually, what's kind of exciting is she's going to be on my show in March. So I'm super excited about that. I mean, she's one of my favorite authors. And I just kind of wrote her a note saying, hey, like, I love you. I uh, am inspired by you. And she's like, yeah, I'll be on your show. So I was like, yes. So very excited about that. That is one of my favorite books. And my third favorite book is The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Mm. Um, I know it's such a classic. And I actually read an excerpt of that book as part of my wedding ceremony uh, when I got married. And it's just has such a special place in my heart. It's such a phenomenal book. Do you have the excerpt? Do you remember it? Oh gosh, not with me. I didn't like, I like somebody else read it. We had it like printed out. I should know it by heart by now. You would think I've read it enough, but yeah. um, I mean, it was just beautiful. It was about love and it just was really important to me. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm spiritual, not religious. And so uh, it was very important to me. We wrote our entire ceremony for the wedding, uh, me and my husband. I mean, it took us months, but we wrote it ourselves. And it was very important to both of us that we had, you know, that it really reflected us. And I felt like the alchemy is as much of a spiritual text, you know, that's, that's kind of my Bible, <laughs> honestly, what I go and I just love that book. So it was important to have it there. Love it. Uh, thanks so much, Brittany. My last question for the show before you tell us how to, you know, get in touch with you or listen yeah. to podcasts, all the good stuff is what would you like to be written on your tombstone? You know, I was thinking about this, Anna, and I say, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. I no tombstone for me. So I, there's there's this company that I heard about. Hopefully, it's around by the time I die. I hope that's many years from now. But there's this company that can turn your ashes into soil, and it allows your family to plant you as a tree. So what? I'm gonna be a tree. No tombstone. I want to be a tree. I like the idea of that. I'm I'm hoping they can pick like a flowering tree of some sort. And I, I really I just knew. Yeah, right. Maybe we can. Well, let's pick a forest, okay? <laughs> I want my future kids to plant me in their yard and then I can haunt them more easily. So that's my, that's my plan. I love that. But okay. If, okay, let's say you're a tree. Mm-hmm. There is like a, like a, I don't know, frame or something. I don't know. What would you, what would you like to be kind of scratched on your tree? What do I want to be? Oh, what do I want to be scratched on my tree? Hopefully nothing, pro, you know, no for profanity or anything. <laughs> Hopefully someone it's doesn't deface my bark. On tree. You're not going to be that kind of a Leave my bark alone. Yeah. I'm not going to be that kind of tree. Um, what would I want on there? Um, oh gosh, this is so hard. It's like, what do you want to be known for? I'm still figuring that out, you know? And I think, I think as of right now, um, I think I'd like it to say she was always curious. Because that's really what I'm trying to live my life by right now is my, I feel like my life's purpose now, as I've defined it, is curiosity and conversation. And I always have questions and I always want to go deep and I always want to learn from people, whether that's in my research that I'm doing, whether it's the interviews I have on the podcast, whether it's just meeting me for brunch, you know, and to have these good, really deep, soulful, heart to heart conversations. Oh, I just love it. Anna. like, I, I wish I could just talk to you all day. Like, that's what I love doing. No, and so we're like, we're hopefully like that's on my tombstone. Sisters. We can just I know we are. Oh my God. Maybe I should become a researcher. Also that that's a bit boring. <laughs> no, a bit boring. It can get boring at times. Okay. I will admit that. But if it, it, that curiosity part keeps it from getting boring, you know, sure. it's always wanting to learn because each person is so different and you mm-hmm. think, you know, things 
things. I mean, that's the only thing that I'm kind of regretful about is that even if I live to be well into my 100s, there's no way I could ever learn everybody's story. And it's like, oh, darn, you know, that's that's an insurmountable goal. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try to learn as many stories as I can. Awesome. Well, you're doing amazing work, Brittany. Thank you so much. And there's so much wisdom and knowledge. And I just love talking to you. And for everyone listening, they're like, oh, my God, OMG, who is this Brittany girl? What is the podcast (laughs) where they can find more about you? Please tell us. Yes, you can find me at soultoply.com. So that's like the word multiply, but with soul. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned before, kind of if you, if you like planners and trackers and goal setting games and brainstorming exercises, things like that, really tangible things, I think you'd really kind of like some of the things that I have uploaded in the free goal setting tools and resources library that I have on that site. So um, you can download those from free. There are things that I use on a day to day basis that 100 goals for the year uh, exercise that I mentioned that you can download an Excel tracker for. For that and that's all at soultoply.com slash library. I love that. And I love how you say say that's like multiply with soul. Um, yeah, that was my thought behind write, it. If you ever want to write a book, I think you should call multiply with soul. And, yeah. And uh, well I mean, you know, you can teach us all how to multiply with soul because I think that's uh, that's really deficient in today's world. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Brittany, thank you so much. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I wish you a beautiful too. night, I suppose, in New York. Yeah. And yep, it is night. Nice. See you soon. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. Oh my goodness, Uh, isn't Brittany just amazing? I freaking love that woman and uh, yeah. And if you have enjoyed it and took some valuable lessons from it, as usual, please charge your karmic energy, earn some karmic points by sharing with a girlfriend who is finding her path or completely change the trajectory of her life. I know there's a lot of listeners and probably their girlfriends as well who are in this position of like, oh my God what if I do this? Like, who am I if I change my job? Who am I if I'm not a lawyer anymore? Like, it's crazy. And this episode is amazing for women like that or who are in that transition. Uh, your girlfriend and I will be forever grateful. And you can share this episode straight from your podcasting app or simply send her the link girlskill.com slash 41. Girlskill.com slash 41 is where you also find all the links to amazing books, podcasts, people to follow and apps to download if you haven't taken note of them already. Girlskill.com slash 41. All right. Have an awesome week running with the wolves and I'll see you on the other episode where I'm going to be recording from Grand Canary talking about my, oh my goodness, such a hard life traveling the world, working online. Oh my God, Anna, get your shit together and like just deal with it. All right, girl, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Girlskill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode and never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience until next time let's continue redefining female success together girlskill.com female success redefined